Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, Wednesday edition of the Steve Jones Show. As we now head downhill to the weekend, News Radio 1070 WKOK. You can find us at stevejonesshow.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Twitter handle at Steve Jones PSU. And we invite you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcast app, Google Play. If you listen to us on iTunes, don't hesitate to leave us a review. You can also drop us a line anytime. Our email, stevejones at wkok.com. Sunbury Motors, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, North 4th Street, Auto Plaza, Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia. On the Strip, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. Sean here, Bob Buner here. Hello, Bob. Hey, Sean. Great time of year for sports, you know. Um, we've got the World Series. We've got uh, the uh, NHL starting up. We've got uh, basketball starting up. And, of course, uh, the NFL and, uh, not to mention, college football in Penn State versus Iowa. Yeah, it is fun when you get all four professional sports going at the same time. This is really the only time of year when that happens. And yeah, college football in the mix. And we we count down to Penn State and Iowa, as you said. And we'll hear from head coach James Franklin, of course, tomorrow night. Coaches show here on WKOK leading up to our Thursday night NFL football game, Shikolami football Friday night. Yeah, hard to believe. Week 10, oh, regular yeah. season, wrapping the up on Friday Finality, night the big game in uh, the region high school football will be Friday night at Ironman Stadium where the Danville Ironman will host, they're 9-8-1, and one, will host the undefeated Southern Columbia Tigers. Nothing at stake because Danville's in triple A and the Tigers are in double A. The Tigers, the top-ranked team in Pennsylvania. Yeah, we pretty much know one, two, three. It'll be Southern, Mount Carmel, Danville, your top three in triple A as we get the playoff seedings all fixed up after Friday night's game. And uh, then we start the District 4 playoffs the following Friday night. So it's a good time to be a sports fan, Sean. It is going to be fun, and uh, although not fun to be Chad Kelly. No. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> the Denver Broncos quarterback. and uh, What uh, was that about? Well, anyway, <laughs> he was charged with criminal trespass in the early morning hours yesterday. Yes, Vaughn Miller yeah. uh, had a had a party. He has an annual party every year at some kind of establishment in Denver. Everybody gets dressed up in cowboy garb. Well, Chad Kelly must have had a little... I don't know if he had too much to drink. He had a little too much of something. Yeah. But anyway, I guess he ended up next door or in someone else's place <laughs> down the street from this establishment. It was around one-ish in the morning. Ends up sitting on the couch of this person's house. Uh, 
His <laughs> wife was with a small child. You know, the woman was a was with a child in yeah. the room at the time. And he Chad Kelly shows up, lands on the couch, and uh, the husband, I guess, comes out and kind of wonders, okay, what the heck is this guy doing in here? I guess, oh, he, I guess he clubbed Kelly with a vacuum hose well, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Boy, do you hate it when that happens. You know, he's actually uh, a Pennsylvania guy, uh, Kelly. Went to Redland High School. He is a relative of, of course, Jim Kelly. From uh, Buffalo fame, but also Jim Kelly went, I think, is East Brady, Pennsylvania, if our memory serves me right. Um, yeah, and, and also, as I understand it, uh, Chad Kelly was already on a short lease leash with the uh, Broncos. Yeah, he did get in a little bit of trouble during his time at Old Miss, so he just uh, he just can't keep away from trouble. But he did make an appearance uh, in court this morning. Uh, another court date has been set for November the eighth. Uh, he yeah. was. Uh, he was in the Broncos complex less than a half an hour before his court appearance. Yeah. Uh, his court appearance this morning. He was not formally charged, but, yep. but uh, the Broncos did let him go this morning. He was a seventh round pick yep. in last year's 2017 draft. Had no comment before or after uh, his court appearance this morning. That's the one thing with yeah. John Elway. Say what you want about John Elway, legendary quarterback. But sure. Since now he has that GM role in Denver, he's he still has not figured out how to draft a quarterback, someone that's going to stick and stay with that yeah. team for, what, 10, 12 years? Well, anyway, the another sad saga from the NFL. By the way, last night I was watching the Pittsburgh Penguins playing uh, up in Western Canada. It went into overtime, and Sidney Crosby scored one of the most amazing Insane. goals uh, to uh, clinch the win in overtime for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He had a goal in the first period, but through the first six games of the season, the best player in the NHL, arguably in generations, was scoreless or goalless going into last night's game. So you got hockey underway. Yeah. One, yeah. If you get a chance to uh, find it on YouTube or you know some, if you have a couple oh. of seconds on your phone, you know, try mm. to find that uh, that goal that Sid the Kid had last night. Insane yes, goal. So I saw it. Uh, Big news of the day, by the way, is that former Adidas executive James Gatto and others have been found guilty of paying high-profile basketball recruits. So that uh, is the breaking news, sports-wise. Not the breaking news of the day, but it's breaking news sports-wise that Gatto and others in uh, New York were found guilty today of paying college basketball recruits. They will be very unhappy for a long while. Well, let's see what they want to do sentence-wise. I think one of the keys for them has got to be, and, you know, look, I'm talking to somebody who knows, but what if they have the ability to then give you information that could then lead to potentially others being implicated? Sure, and then... One of the things that uh, governs sentencing is in the federal system is something called the sentencing guidelines, which um, gives great um, preference to uh, a downward departure is what it's called from an actual sentence for cooperation. Well, that's how this whole case started. Yeah. This whole case started with a guy in Pittsburgh, and he was in deep trouble, and he said, well, what if I can give you something? 
And they said, well, what are you talking about? And he's the one that got the, the ball rolling on this case. A guy in Pittsburgh. I can't remember what he was charged with. It had nothing to do with sports. Yeah, and uh, you're right. And didn't um, it, it hit a couple assistant coaches, one down like in maybe Louisville or places like that? Yeah. Well, it's Arizona State. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. My apologies. Arizona, oh. Oklahoma State, Chuck Person at Auburn. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the other one. I can't. You know, I, I was thinking about this, Steve, in that back in your day and my day, I think I paid $9.99 for a pair of Converse All-Stars. Yeah. Who would have ever thought that the sneaker business would become this multi-billion dollar um, what it, conglomerate with uh, Payola being one of the parts of that whole well, conglomerate. Who would have imagined that? Well, the one person that did was the guy by the name of Sonny Vaccaro. Yes. Um, Sonny Vaccaro out of Pittsburgh is the one who made this suggestion. I believe he was at Nike at the time. Yes. And said, hey, look, guys, if we give coaches money and we give them apparel, mm-hmm. we can increase our brand, which, of course, wait a minute. You want us to give gear out? You mean you want us to pay money to coaches? And at the time, what is now considered a common practice and makes all the sense of the world, when it was initially proposed, they like I looked at each other and said, what do you mean, we have to give it away? Yeah. Well, it turns uh, out. Marketing-wise, it's been ingenious. Well, Sonny was obviously, in one sense, a visionary. I met him. He was a sports book operator out in uh, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet Sonny. Very charming guy. Very charming. Didn't he run a lot of, like, Nike summer basketball camps in his he sure day? sure did. Yep, sure did. And that was where he would bring coaches together with high school kids and sneakers. Yeah. And that's how it all worked. Yeah. And he got it going. And it was his idea... Others, of course, have now done it, where it's an important component. Now let's take the college part of it. Yeah. It's an important component uh, for college, for universities because, okay, you sit there and take Penn State's a Nike school. Well, imagine how much all this stuff is going to cost. Sure. Imagine how much it's going to cost. Now, there's something that's interesting and a little bit different that people may not realize. But there's actually going to be, I think, more of a crackdown on the gear part of it, and here's the reason why. The value of it, which means there has to be, there, you know, value also means taxes. Sure. And that's something to watch for as time goes um, as to whether any school gets caught up in the tax part of it based on what, quote, they've given out. You know, it, when you mention Sonny Vaccaro in Pittsburgh, it just adds further credence to my theory that Pittsburgh is the center of American sports. For whatever reason, it all starts and ends in Pittsburgh. Just a personal preference. And it's just like, um, you know, they got uh, what's the big mobster from Chicago, Al Scarface Capone. They didn't get him for killing people, which he did. They got him for the violating the IRS code. Right. (laughs) No, exactly. Exactly right. And that's what... um, and, and sometimes, you know, 
you're trying to get somebody, sometimes, quote, that is the way to do it. Get them on something else. Sure. And this is, uh, I don't know, uh, it, it's really interesting what they have been able to... Uh, what they've been able to uncover in this, although I will say this, in the trial itself, yes, in the trial itself, I honestly feel that when it's all said and done, while there was interesting material there, very interesting material in it, there were also no bombshells that took everything up the ladder. Well, you know, the one thing that was baffling to me when they made the initial announcement of the assistant coaches in various locations... It was always an assistant coach that was getting hammered. It never went up to the head coach or the athletic director. And, uh, you know. Well, you got to remember that when it comes to the recruiting part of it, the primary recruiter is not the head coach. The head coach is the closer. Okay? The primary recruiter is the assistant coach. Also, by not getting the head coach involved, or at least being vague with what's going on, it brings with it... Two critical words that are extremely, extremely important. <laughs> Plausible deniability. Well, in the movie The Godfather, they had the scene in Washington, D.C., um, where they were uh, talking about Vito Corleone and the head of the mafia, and they got one of his uh, underlings to roll over, and he used the word buffers. There's a lot of buffers in between. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what you've got. Probably in this case, you've got a lot of plausible deniability. And, you know, I mean, that's why, when you know, for example, when it comes to things uh, for Sean and me, I mean, when it comes to digital media, our ignorance, I think, has helped us out. We'll come back with uh, more in a moment. <laughs> Stop laughing, Sean. <laughs> As we continue here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. All right, about 10 minutes away from Bob Nightingale from USA Today. We'll talk about the World Series. Red Sox won the opener last night, 8-4. to four. Uh, In cold weather, and it was cold last night at Boston. It'll be cold again tonight. The ball is not going to travel. Now, Matt Kemp, I mean, to his credit, hit an absolute blast. And Eduardo Nunez, of course, put the game away with a three-run homer last night. Uh, but it's interesting, the two starters, Chris Sale, his uh, fastball went down each inning. In so much for that at- pitcher's duel last night? I was I was going to text you if you were concerned uh, when they took Sale out pretty early. No, 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 no. I, I didn't expect either guy to make it past five innings. And the reason is this. Sale, his fastball has gone down in every inning he pitches. So he didn't have the fastball command nor the velocity of it. Clayton Kershaw, who three years ago threw 1,500 pitches of 93 miles per hour or above, has not thrown a single pitch beyond 93 miles per hour since July 27th. Okay? So I didn't expect either pitcher to figure in the decision last night, unless they were the losing pitcher, which Kershaw was last night. All about bullpen management, really. Well, it, it is, except, I mean, guys like Kershaw and Sales, Sales hurt, okay? Kershaw has been hurt, and I think that does play into it. 
because you do have the DH, so you don't have to bullpen. Ma- you don't have to bullpen manage as much when there's a DH. True. Yeah, you, I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to play around with. I, mean, I always left the strategy of the National League. Look, okay, a wild animal could do a, do- a double switch. Okay, let's not pretend like it's you know. My, my goodness, it's the Manhattan Project. He did a double <laughs> switch. Oh my goodness! I mean, in Babe Ruth ball, I did a double switch. Woo! <laughs> uh, you know, I always love the National League. Oh, it's so much more strategy. Hit ball, move base. Okay. Uh, you know. uh, Who's going the bull- tonight? By the uh, way. It's, uh, Real will be on the mound for the uh, Dodgers, and David Price goes for the Red Sox tonight. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But the bullpens are important. There's no question about it. And Cantley Jansen is outstanding as the closer. Hasn't pitched yet in the series. He has really been, uh, after being hurt and out, he's come back and he's pitched great. What was encouraging for the Red Sox last night is Craig Kimbrell looked like the Craig Kimbrell of July last night. He came in there and he had great stuff. Uh, and that was, if for Red Sox fans, I think they probably sat there and went, uh, that looks like the guy that pitched for us April through uh, the middle of August. Well, that's how he pitched last night. The point was I talked with Tim Neverett, when I, uh, the Red Sox play-by-play announcer, and I asked him about uh, the stories about Kimbrell possibly tipping his pitches. And he said, yeah, he says it started in the Yankees series, and Kimbrell kept wondering, why are they laying off my breaking stuff? And it was all about hand position. And so they've got him now trying to do the same setup every time, and it may have paid off for him last night. We'll see. We'll talk to Bob Nightingale about that. Plus the Nunez home run and the matchup coming up tonight at the Friendly Fens. Fenway Park in Boston. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Tomorrow, don't forget our high school roundtable as we hit the final week of the regular season. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Great to have you with us on the show today. I believe we're going to be joined... By Bob Nightingale of USA Today here in a few moments.
And uh, it's going to be available at 3.50, it says here. Yeah, just talked just talk to Bob, and uh, he's getting ready to head into another interview, but we'll see if we can get back in touch with good. him in about 15 Just minutes. Fine. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, we're good. We're fine. Two years uh, ago, I would have panicked big time, but I don't worry about little stuff like that anymore. You taught me well, sir. <laughs> Wait till the king shows up. <laughs> Buner ought to be around when Kevin's there. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Unfortunately, you probably told too many stories. Yes. <laughs> Steve, one of the concerns I uh, have ab- about uh, f- Saturday's uh, game with the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Nittany Lions is the weather forecast. Looks like yeah. it's going to be rain on Saturday, um, 100% chance. So well, I, I would like to see them get to the lead because I think if you can get to the lead, that becomes a bigger factor. You know, yeah. something you're playing from in front. I think that that's a, that's to me that's critical. Uh, when I look at the at the game, look the two tight ends. Okay, one's fine to create matchup problems, and for Iowa, they're the two best receivers they have. Let's I mean let's not play around here. Um, you know, so I, I had somebody say to me, "Boy, I tell you, that's a totally different scheme." I've ever seen Iowa run before. Well, they're the two best guys. What do you want them to do? Well, keep one on the bench? No. Iowa has always had great tight ends going back. Uh, Dallas Clark. Oh, well, listen. You know they had the the tight end uh, who would stand at the line. He wouldn't get down in the uh, stance. He would stand uh, at the end of the line. You know, one of the only teams in college football that ever did that, but they were the go-to guys in their uh, passing attack. They always have been. Yeah, they've always, it always seems like they've always got good tight ends. Well, now you got two, and they're putting on the same field at the same time. Because guess what? They're the best receivers they have. Right? I, I'd be, I'd be doing that too. Sure. You always look. Personnel always dictates what you do. I have a bunch of great linebackers. I'm thin up front defensively. So what do I run? A 3-4. I have a great front four. I don't have as many linebackers. I run a 4-3, or I run a 4-2-5. My personnel dictates, and health of personnel dictates, your your schemes. And, oh, oh, ingenious what they're doing. No, sometimes invention is the mother of necessity. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it ends up being. Well, and that's and that's what happens, okay? Because of necessity, you're forced to do certain things. And for Iowa, they got two terrific tight ends. Their wide receivers are good, not great. So utilizing their tight ends and just being smart about the personnel they have and what gives them the best chance to win. When you're when you're defensing tight ends, Steve, who would be the critical players on the Penn State defense then? A guy like Cam Brown becomes important. Uh, the two safeties become important. Nick Scott. And uh, and um, in this case, Jonathan Sutherland, and then eventually uh, Garrett Taylor. Um, I think you know uh, another guy that becomes important sometimes can be um, your slot guy, which could be a John Reed or, or or Donovan Johnson. And they are, um, well, I think they become the key guys. Now, getting pressure on the quarterback is important too. Nathan Stanley has had a really good year. Um, 
But he also, even in this really good year, has been prone to a couple of mistakes. And you've got to force him into mistakes. And that means getting some pressure on him from an offensive line that surrendered only six sacks all season. I was going to say, a lot of big beef on that Iowa line always has been, always will be. Always. Now, now, but you can also beat them with speed and quickness. I mean, which team has the better athletes? Penn State has the better athletes. But the Iowa defensive front is just terrific uh, with uh, length, athleticism. Uh, A.J. Espinessa has been outstanding, and he doesn't start the two Nelsons. Parker Hesse, uh, to be honest with you, the linebackers for Iowa are no better than okay. Well, you know, no better than okay, but those front four, they make them better. And wasn't it last year's Iowa team that had the great linebacking core that really gave, gave Penn State fits the whole game? Josie Jewell, Bo Bauer. Yeah. I mean, they had some good players last year. Yeah, and they're all gone, thankfully, for the Lions and everybody else, but it seems that the uh, Hawkeyes haven't missed too many beats. I mean, They've done with that look. Let's be honest about it. I think Iowa's a very good team. But they have not played a great schedule to get to this point. No. And, and, that, and that, I mean, they played Wisconsin, which is really good. And Iowa, in my opinion, lost the game. Well, they talk about how teams win, teams lose. Sure. But there's a punt that bounces off the leg of an Iowa player. Wisconsin gets the ball to like the 12 yard line, summer. You know, and then they score. And then, to the credit of Wisconsin, they drive down the field. Alex Hornerbrook does a great job. Um, and wins the game for them. Okay. But Iowa did so many good things in that game. Yet, that really is the one, quote, opponent they have played as of any note so far this year. Iowa State rivalry game. Sure. Once again, the, the, the score was down with 13-3 to three, uh, was the final score in that game. Yeah, but Iowa State is a good team. They're not a great team. So, I mean, Iowa has not faced a, quote, murderer's row schedule to this point. But along the way, I also think they picked up a lot of confidence. Yeah, they've got to be playing with a, a great deal of confidence because it appears the highlights I've seen of them they think they're going to win every game they're playing. Well, they should feel that way. Yeah. They have been. They have been. They've got a good system. They believe in the system. They're well coached. I mean, obviously, Kirk Ferentz is going to coach the team really, really well. Yeah. They don't beat themselves. Well. Hopefully, well. that'll change on Saturday. And we'll, again, we'll see about it. It's, uh, they've been able to put together, let's see, let's take the Maryland game. A. Penn State's defense has faced 189 plays the last two weeks. The Iowa defense, conversely, has faced 104 plays the last two weeks, including just 39 last week against Maryland. So they've been getting three and outs. Yeah, they've been. You know, I mean, they've done. You know, but now don't mistake the fact that Iowa is like a plus 12 giveaway takeaway. They aren't. They're plus two, uh, and that. You know, so that part has not really fallen into place for them, but. They've been off the field, doing a good job, and they went on a 17-play drive in the second quarter, Iowa did, that knocked 9.04 off the clock. 
Now, they got a field goal out of it, which I can tell you from my experience in reviewing drives and so forth, which I do every week, you know, because I always get the drive chart of every game a team's had, just get a feel for a couple things. You'll find that the longer the drive and the more minutes it takes, that usually seven times out of ten it's a field goal it ends up being. You're like, how can that possibly be? Because remember, if you're taking that many times, you're doing little increment, little increment, yeah. little increment, and then suddenly at the end, the field shortens up, and you can't get the little increment you need to keep the drive going. So a lot of times those end up at field goals, and that's what happened with them last week. But it was a 17-play drive yep. that knocked 9.04 off the clock. Well, with 17 plays, you know, you're talking maybe four yards a play on offense. That's That'll get you down the field eventually, but... There's well, no... and, and and Bob, it also goes to the fact I was forty nine percent on third down this year. They've been terrific on third down, and Nathan Stanley's been a big reason why. So they've got, um, as you said, when you're almost uh, half of your third downs are successful, that translates into a lot when it comes to the final score. Oh, there's no question, and they've done a great job defending third down. Penn State needs to be better on third down. Uh, and with that in mind, Penn State's, what, 37 38% on third down? And with the personnel that they have, and especially with the quarterback that they have, that, you know, you know, you, you look at a guy like Trace McSorley, you say, a guy like that, you should be around 43 44%. Now, that's 5 or 6% higher, but that 5 or 6% higher makes a big difference because, you know, if Penn State can do that, you know, it's not just a question of wearing a team down. You want to be able to keep drives going so you can keep on scoring. That's the, that's the secret to it. Just pound and pound and go. Get that third down and get yourself a new uh, set of downs and keep going. Yeah, and just that's basic, know, basic Joe Paterno football. Right. I mean, and they look, and they're really well coached. They are. Uh, they're they're good on special teams. A lot of people don't realize this. I was number one in the nation in kickoff return average. Yeah, and people would never would think that. Not from Iowa. No. So I guess we got to just kick it out of the end zone every time. Yeah, well, I mean, the check is really good at that. Yeah. But I think Penn State's coverage actually has really improved in the last month. It's been really good. And you could see what the, the job they did on uh, uh, Jay Sean Harris last week, who's an outstanding returner. Penn State did a great job yeah. on him last week. And that's what you. Uh, and that, in the end, is, you know, if you've got guys that can cover, it doesn't really matter where you kick it. I mean, it helps where to kick it, but... Yeah. Well, yeah. if you can just put it in the end zone and you take away the return... Right, no question. Um, on the other hand, then, you if you do that, then you lose the opportunity to have somebody start a drive yeah. at the 15 or 16-yard line. Well, so what we're going to do here is we're going to take a break, see if we can hook up with Bob Nightingale... That way, if we get to the top of the hour with him, we, we don't have to take a break. So it won't be unfettered. Yep. And uh, we'll take a, a break. Uh, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Right. Uh, very pleased to be joined by uh, Bob Nightingale, USA Today. Bob, welcome. Great to have you back with us. Yeah, thanks, Steve. My pleasure. All right, uh, Bob, uh, Just uh, let's just have uh, a quick assessment about what you saw last night. Well, just a Red Sox machine. Kind of reminds you of the big red machine, actually. 
just a way to methodically, you know, tear apart opposing starters, no matter if they're former Cy Young winners, MVPs, what have you. You know, they did it you know, against the Yankees, did it against Houston, and we saw it last night against Kershaw. Uh, just an offense that can beat you in so many different ways. And they did last night. They were able to use, quote, old-fashioned move guys, you know, a couple of extra bases on hits. Nunez hit the home run. But I want to get to the velocity part of it. Chris Sale's velocity went down each inning last night on his fastball. Uh, Not surprising because he's been on the DL twice. Kershaw hasn't been above 93 miles an hour since July 27th. How difficult do you think it's been for the two of them to pitch because they can't pitch the way that they're used to pitching? Yeah, I mean, Kershaw of old, I think that guy is gone. You know, it's not going to be the guy that just overpowers teams. He's going to have to finesse teams. And, you know, a very smart pitcher. He can still be very successful. Uh, sales hurt. Uh, I would not be yeah. surprised at all when the World Series is over. They're announcing he's having surgery. So he's pitching by about, you know, 60%. Uh, so he's got to mix and match in, in everything else. So he's normally, you know, when he's healthy, you know, he might be the best pitcher in all of baseball. Uh so, but, yeah, Kershaw just, I think, Potter time has caught up on him. Uh, launch angle means a lot to how the Dodgers attack things. This is the one time that, they, you know, that they've hit cold weather. Do, in your opinion, does that have an effect on what the Dodgers want to do because of the conditions of Fenway Park? I don't think so because, you know, you're still able to, uh, you know, short dimensions here. I mean, you know, you saw Matt Kemp, you know, launched one top of the Green Monster. And, you know, some of those, you know, would not have been gone at Dodger Stadium. So I don't think that affects them at all weather-wise. I think it was just the Red Sox, Red Sox pitching. Yeah, and the Red Sox pitching last night. I want to get to actually the end of it. We know Jansen's outstanding. Uh, did you get the sense that uh, many of the Red Sox fans and maybe the, in their own clubhouse felt like they were watching the Craig Kimbrell they watched for the first four months of the season? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, he was tipping his uh, pitches. Uh, Eric Gagne, the former Dodger from Red Sox, you know, let Alex Cora, his good friend, know, who told him Kimbrell. You know, we saw Kimbrell pitch, you know, very well in, in uh, game five of the clinching game against Houston. And then, you know, last night was his first one, two, three inning of the postseason. Yeah, I think that's big for them. Now, the starting pitchers tonight, Price, Real goes on the other side for the Dodgers. Give me just a thumbnail on each and what each needs to do, Bob, in your opinion, to give their team an opportunity, at least through the first five innings, to be there. Well, Price was absolutely electric his last start, you know, mixing the uh, fastball and the changeup. Like, through that more than ever. The changeup was devastating. He's flying high right now. Uh, Rayu for uh, the Dodgers got beat up twice uh, against the Brewers. So I got to think it's a huge advantage for the Red Sox tonight. All right, Manny Machado. Well, what's the domino effect of Manny Machado on the Dodgers lineup, in your opinion, Bob? And also, what did the return of Turner mean down the stretch for them? Well, he's uh, been huge for them, you know, as far as that impactful bat. Lincoln's the lineup gives a protection to uh, Justin Turner. Uh, it's been huge. That being said, I don't think there's any way he'll be back. They don't want to spend $300 million. Uh, you know, they do have uh, shortstop Corey Seager coming back at short, You've got, or you have t- Turner at third base. So I don't see there's any way he's back as a Dodger. Okay. All right. Now, I've always felt that in certain situations, your stars are your stars. What did it mean to the Red Sox last night that not only Mookie Betts got out of the gate right away, but J.D. Martinez got out of the gate? 
Yeah, just a comfort level. You know, then, you know Ben and Penny stepping up, uh, doing what he did, and you know this is only you know without production from uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Got two hits from Sandy Leon, who had been a three for sixty four slump. So yeah, just uh, contributions from everybody. I, I think you know seven guys uh, scored a run or drove in a run. Yeah, huge last night for them. There's no question about it. Uh, two having two teams like the Dodgers and the Red Sox in it. They happen to be iconic franchises, and you could substitute, for example, in the Yankees or the Cubs or whatever. How much does this help Major League Baseball that you at least have two named teams in there? Your opinion? Oh, I think it helps a big time. We I mean, got the casual fan now watching it. You know, the, the hardcore fan. We're watching the World Series no matter what. Just like the NFL, we don't care who's the Super Bowl. We're watching the Super Bowl. And I, I think baseball relies a lot more on on the marquee. Marquee teams, iconic franchises. I mean, their dream every year is Yankees, Dodgers, uh, and this is by second best, uh, their second best dream. I, I agree with that. And the other part too is the the, the start time. I know you got a Los Angeles team in there, so at eight oh nine, it's at five oh nine. It's rush hour out there. I got that part. How much of a struggle, in your opinion, is it for Major League Baseball with the start time in conjunction with what Fox wants to do? And if I were to sit Bob Nightingale down and say, hey, look, I want your opinion. What do you think is the right start time that gets people engaged in watching it? Well, you wish, you know, kids could stay up and watch it, uh, you know, but these games go on so late. You know, obviously they're going to go on at 5 o'clock you know, when the series goes to L.A., which is still eight o'clock Eastern time, and the and people in LA complain like, wait a minute now, you know we're stuck in rush hour traffic, we're working on Friday, you know we can't get to the uh, can't get to the ballpark, but yet you know you can't have it start at seven LA because that's ten out east. So hey, if it's driven by Fox or paying the big bucks, you know they pretty much get to dictate you know what time they want, and you know they're taking all prime times. Uh, moves are made during the course of a game, and if it pays off, you're a genius. So Raphael Devers starts last night, left-handed hitter against the lefty Kershaw. He gets a big two-run single. He also had a walk in the game. Then they finally pinch hit for him, and Nunez hits the three-run homer. Now let's flip it to the other side. Was there anything along the way with Dave Roberts that when it initially happened, you had a question about it, or is that just the way Dave Roberts has been managing? No, he's managed different. You know, they're doing a lot of platoon splits, everything else. Uh, certainly, he was under criticism for not keeping bias in the game and having Alex Wood, you know, pitch uh, pitch there. And uh, Nunes took advantage. So, you know, everything Alex Cora has touched has been golden so far this postseason. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't win the $1.6 billion lottery. I mean, I've been on that fire. <laughs> That's because he didn't go to South Carolina and buy the ticket. That's why. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, Bob, a pleasure. I know you squeezed us in. You've had a lot of interviews and a lot of work to do. The fact you did it, I appreciate it more than you know. Thank you so much. Uh, sir, my pleasure. Take care, Steve. Bye. Bob Nightingale, USA Today. He's one of the best in the business, without question. Okay, uh, I do have a question that was sent to me from Michael Anderson about Nick Bosa. So, Michael, I'm going to answer your question after the break. It's a really good question, by the way. And uh, so, Michael, I will get to your question you sent on email uh, right after the news, okay? Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Don't forget tomorrow, our high school football roundtable for the final time in the regular season. 
Although, evidently, based on what we understand, everybody makes the playoffs, so they'll all be back next week. Does everybody make the playoffs, Sean? Playoffs? You're talking about playoffs? Playoffs? It's like practice. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.